So please be patient as we adjust uh, to this new thing called meeting in person um, and uh, technological challenges, which I'm hopeful that we won't have in light of all the prep um, um, from our wonderful IT team, but it could happen. So please be patient with all of us. Um, and uh, uh, we also uh, will remind you that, um, you know, we are in place of COVID. So for those folks that uh, um, do plan to be here in the future, uh, we do recommend uh, social distancing and masking where appropriate and, and not to show up if you have any sort of uh, illnesses going on. Um, this meeting will also be broadcast via Zoom. Uh, the public can view the agenda, listen to the meeting, and make public comment uh, via Zoom. And uh, we will ask Catherine to do uh, roll call, please. All right. Um, Trustee Rios. Here. Trustee Baldini. Is not here yet. Uh, Trustee Goff. Here. Okay, and student trustee Jorge Alejandre Martinez. Here. Thank you. Uh, trustee De Luna. She is not here. Excuse me, ab absence, yeah. Okay, so we're missing trustee De Luna and trustee Baker. Trustee Iverson. Here. Trustee Dodd. Here. Okay, thank you. And we will do the Pledge of Allegiance. Where is it? Yeah, thank you. Uh, ben, would you mind leading us in the Pledge of Allegiance, please? Uh, <laughs> sure. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. And Ben, I'm sorry for picking on you. You're the only member of our audience here, so I really didn't have any choice in the matter. Um, thank you. Uh, we'll move on to adoption of the agenda. Um, I'll have, I have uh, two changes or three changes. We will be moving item 7.1, swearing in of our student trustee will immediately follow uh, this item. And then we will move items 11.3 and 11.4, which are um, the initial proposals for negotiations from the faculty association. Um, we're not removing them. We're just reordering them. So 11.1 and 11.2 will become 11.3 and 11.4. 11.3 and 11.4 will become 11.1 and 11.2. For the record, Trustee Baldini is here. Good to see you, Michael. Uh, do we have any other changes to the agenda? Seeing none, uh, we will adopt the agenda by consensus. And we will move on to, I think the best uh, agenda item of the night is swearing in our, our new uh, student trustee, uh, Jorge Alejandre uh, Martinez. So Jorge Alejandre Martinez, put your hand up, repeat after me. I, Jorge Alejandre Martinez, I, Jorge Alejandre Martinez, do solemnly swear that I will support, do solemnly swear to support, that I will support, that I will support, and defend the Constitution, 
and defend the Constitution of the United States of the United States and the Constitution of the State of California and the Constitution of the State of California against all enemies against all enemies foreign and domestic foreign and domestic and I will bear true faith and allegiance and bear true faith and allegiance to the Constitution of the United States to the Constitution of the United States and the Constitution of the State of California and the Constitution of the State of California and I will take this obligation freely and I will take this obligation freely without any mental reservation without any mental reservation, reservation for purpose of evasion or purpose of evasion and that I will well and faithfully I will well and faithfully discharge the duties discharge the duties into which into I am which, about to enter to which I'm about to enter Congratulations. I left my pen over at my spot. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, sir. And deliver this. Jorge did that very well. Good job. I just remember being very nervous actually when I, it's like they read you the lines, but I just remember my hand was just shaking. I was so nervous. I don't know why. Good job. Yeah. Um, we will move on to agenda item three, public comment um, on closed session items. At this time, the board will devote up to 15 minutes to hear comments regarding closed session agenda items. Individual comments will be limited to three minutes. Catherine, do we have any public comment on closed session items? No, I have not received any. Okay. And I see no hands raised. Thank you. Uh, at this time, the board will move into closed session covering item 4.1, conference with real property negotiators. Item 4.2, conference with labor negotiators. Item 4.3, um, with respect to every item of business to be discussed in closed session under section 54957, public employment. And item 4.4, public employee performance evaluation. Uh, the board should return uh, again at 6 p.m. Thank you. So, and then Catherine, let me know if we do have any other comments that have been submitted in writing or any folks that want to uh, chime in over the phone or by Zoom. Dear Napa Valley College Board of Trustees, as usual, there are so many things going on at the college and so little time to address any of them in a public meeting. The board's recent decision to move reports from the constituent group to the very end of these meetings has certainly not helped anyone's ability to be aware of issues at the college. The decision goes right along with the low priority the board has placed by its words and actions on the input from these constituent groups, particularly classified employees and faculty. This point seems most pressing and in need of public airing. In March of this year, both the academic and classified senates initiated votes of no confidence in this board and the interim president superintendent. Both votes carried with overwhelming support from the members of each group. What was the board's response? The trustees have dismissed the votes and assured themselves that these groups, made up of dozens upon dozens of working professionals at the college, didn't really think about what they were doing and made rash decisions. 
In the last board meeting on May 12, 2022, approximately four hours and nine minutes into the public meeting, Board Chair Trustee Dodd described a vote of no confidence as effectively a ceremonial vote that doesn't really do anything. This statement is true from a procedural standpoint. However, it also indicates a perfunctory attitude towards the college's constituent groups. Not only has the board attempted to dismiss the spirit of these no confidence votes in the court of public opinion, it seems it has also taken actions to legally negate the academic Senate's vote. Some mental gymnastics are needed for anyone dismissing the votes publicly while also fighting to negate them legally. Sincerely, Joshua Murillo. We will now move on to our second public comment, Lisa Gibbs from Festival Napa Valley. Hello, all. Is this on? Can you hear me? Yeah. Perfect. I'm Lisa Gibbs, and I um, am here in the capacity as my new role, uh, actually three years in the running of, of being the Director of Education and Community Engagement for Festival Napa Valley. And it's nice to see uh, faces here. Um, and I'm here to thank you. Um, I'm here to thank you for a really wonderful partnership that Festival Napa ha Valley has with Napa Valley College and to remind you that the next phase of it will be happening this summer. Um, this spring, we had a partnership with the college um, specifically in support of the uh, performing arts program, uh, music program, Musical Goes to the Movies, which was a four credit class and we uh, engaged and paid for a uh, artist and educator in residence for a week-long workshop uh, working with the 30 students who were enrolled in that class and that production. A really wonderful production that was then presented to the public, um, but also to a, a group of about 450 uh, school children that we had as part of our Novak Concerts for Kids. Um, big part of that is bringing those kids to this campus uh, on Festival Napa Valley's dimes. We pay for those field trips, those buses, bring them to this campus and letting them know that this is their campus and that they can study music and the performing arts and that that theater is their theater uh, and that the pathway is there and that they can start doing that as early as high school as a dual enrolled student. Um, and it's really a wonderful connection that I can make um, given my history with the college and also in my new position with Festival Napa Valley. Uh, we had another concert for kids for elementary school students um, later in on Cinco de Mayo, um, Ward Spangler's World of Percussion. And uh, that saw another large group of kids. There's a shortage of bus drivers, um, but we figured it out. And many of those kids, it was the first field trip they had ever been on as elementary school students. And that it was to that theater was really, really very special for us and reminding them that they could indeed study music here and learn more about these things and, and have a path and a career in the arts and the performing arts. I'm really happy to be part of that. Um, Dr. Christina Howell and the entire performing arts faculty has been just awesome to work with, as has the facilities department, um, really made many things very, very um, friendly um, and easy for us. And I think it's important for you all to hear that kind of feedback from the, the staff that you have working and your faculty and everyone working together uh, towards this. Um, this summer in July, and I, I have some schedules here and um, our, our free publication that we just got off, hot off the presses here, Crescendo. Um, this July, we will have um, more than, oh, 100 college and conservatory aged instrumentalists from all over the world and opera singers um, who will be on site at the Performing Arts Center for three weeks. Um, the entire building turns into 
a music school um, with world caliber musicians who perform um, in our orchestra and in our opera. Um, and uh, it's it's a little known fact that some of the world's top conductors have actually been in that theater working with these students as part of our educational programs and career readiness for these young music students. Um, we had over 600 applications for 90 spots this year. It's a partnership as well with the um, University of Miami Frost School of Music. It's their summer program. Um, they're very happy to come to the Napa Valley and everyone is duly impressed with that building and all of the faculty that works for Napa Valley College that facilitates that program and Festival Napa Valley being there with our Blackburn Music Academy and Menetti Schramm Summer <clears throat> Vocal Conservatory. Um, it's the best in hands-on learning. It's career technical education and it just happens to be in the arts. But these are your future orchestra, professional orchestra members who will be working in orchestras throughout the world, getting their clinical hours in and taking master classes around issues of equity and representation in the performing arts uh, and in classical music and really, you know, making a difference. And, and they remember their experience here at Napa Valley College. So thank you for that. Um, that will happen this summer. Um, we're also offering free tickets to um, our evening programs to faculty and staff. Um, we've put out some things via your newsletter that you have, and we um, have had some pretty good feedback around that. Our partnership with the college is an important one as peer organizations working in the nonprofit educational setting, and we hope to continue to partner um, with the music and performing arts theater arts program to do another workshop like we did um, this past spring. So working with that with, with Dr. Howell right now. Um, the other thing I want to say is that we're really excited about the prospect of you having some dorms. The biggest uh, challenge for us is actually housing all these visitors in um, an affordable and um, ecologically and environmentally responsible way so they're not being bussed all around the valley. We are very, very excited about the possibility of uh, renting some of your dorms um, in the summertime for that three-week immersive program that we do. All of the students who come and are part of that uh, program for three weeks here that takes place daily uh, over at the PAC, uh, it's a tuition-free program. They're responsible for getting themselves to the Napa Valley, but once they're on the ground in the Napa Valley, we lodge them feed them three times a day, pay for all their transportation. Um, and it gives a really good impression about what the Napa Valley is about. Um, last but not least, I want to give a little shout out to Carolee Catolica for all of her work in facilitating the paperwork that we have to do to make all of this possible. Um, it's not often that you get to hear um, how great a bureaucrat is, but she does a really good job and we really appreciate it. So thank you for doing the work that you do. Um, and uh, it's really lovely to be here in person with you. And we look forward to being with you this summer. Uh, I invite all of you to join us for the welcome reception on July 6th in the evening. Our host families will be there. Um, we host about 25 students in people's homes in the Napa Valley. Um, and we're also tucking them in in other places. As soon as you have those dorms, they'll be in your dorms too, hopefully, if we can work out uh, a good deal. But please join us on July 6th. Um, and uh, hopefully I'll also see you at some of our daytime programs at CIA Copia um, that are free to the public. Um, we are in conversation to possibly come back next summer and do some public programs here. Um, the uncertainties of COVID uh, made that difficult to plan for this year, um, but we look forward to a continued productive um, and mutually um, uh, shared mission. Thank you so much.
Thank you, Lisa. That's incredible news. That's really wonderful. And thank you for coming and, and, and telling us uh, in, in person. We really appreciate that and all the work you're doing, continuing to carry on the mission of the college and, and, and everything that you're doing uh, for Festival in Napa Valley. Thank you. Um, Catherine, is there any more public comment? Uh, no, I see no hands raised and I have received no other public comment. Okay, great. We'll close public comment. And I was uh, noticed that there are our readout out of closed session uh, was not heard by folks on Zoom. So we just, you know, for the record, uh, would like to uh, read that out again um, right now. Pull my mic closer. So I'm reading out uh, as board vice president, as our chair, President Dodd, has recused himself from any discussion or vote on this matter. Based on the closed session conversation with the district real property negotiators, the board has directed administration to adjourn this regular meeting to a time and date certain and has directed, sorry, and reconvene this regular meeting to present for the board's consideration a resolution authorizing execution and delivery of a ground lease agreement and coordination agreement upon financial closing, as well as other actions related to the student housing project. Administration is further directed to timely post an agenda for the adjourned regular meeting in compliance with the Brown Act. Thank you, Trustee Iverson. Uh, we will move on to action item, which was 7.2 and now 7.1 after a reordering of the agenda. Uh, Catherine, is there any public comment on this item governing uh, board member elections? Uh, no, I have not received any. I'd welcome a uh, motion. Move. Thank you, Trustee Baldini. Second. Second, Trustee Rios. All in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? We have Trustee Baker and Trustee DeLuna absent. All in favor? We have vote uh, unanimously in support. Action item 7.3, a resolution ordering uh, governing board member elections. Um, excuse me. Uh, excuse me. This is... Uh, our emeritus, uh, I had it uh, misnamed on my uh, uh, sheet. Um, we have, I think, 14 members who are re uh, granted emeritus status of our faculty. Um, uh, William Fried, William Fried, Fried, uh, Stephanie Groves, uh, Gwen Kell, Matt Christensen, Christina Rivera, Jolie St. Clair, Damian Sandoval, uh, Kathy Franco, Mary Manning, Valerie Mull, Marion Woters and our esteemed Oscar DeHara. Uh, I do need uh, a motion uh, on this. All things you so move. Is there a second? I'll second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? None. And uh, Trustee uh, Baker and Trustee DeLuna are absent. We will move on to our consent uh, item 8.1. Catherine, is there any public comment on consent? Nope, I have received none. I'd welcome a motion. Move approval of the consent calendar as presented. Second. Thank you, Trustee Rios and Trustee Iverson. All in favor? I, I do have Aye. a question on one on the uh, human resource. Just a question. I, I haven't seen volunteer in a long time, and I noticed there was two positions in the welding that are volunteered. Is that um, we throw in? net out for those positions or were these requested or how, how does that work? I've used this before. Uh, 
those volunteers have been supporting the welding program, these volunteers previously. And um, so it's a renewal of those volunteers. I'm not sure when the last time that they came before you were, but they have done this before and are interested in supporting the welding program by being in the classroom with students. In my Zoom reception. So the, the other question are the, the other departments open to that? Is that consistent with uh, throughout the Yes. College? And they, they meet all of the, the same criteria. They have to go through a process similar to what we would do for, for employees. But you can jump in on that. Actually, um, hopefully next month, I just signed off on a volunteer form. So hopefully next month you'll see one coming on this on an HR document. Very good. Outstanding. Questions answered. Proceed. All right. Well, we have a, uh, a motion from Trustee Rios and a second from Trustee Iverson. Uh, all in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? Aye. Trustee DeLuna and Baker are being absent. That consent calendar is approved unanimously. We will move to uh, what was public uh, hearing item 11.3 and then thereafter 11.4, which is now 11.1 and 11.2. Uh, Napa Valley College Faculty Association, uh, CCA, CTA, NEA, 2022-23 uh, uh, initial proposal for negotiations. Uh, Catherine, uh, please open the pub. We have a, a public hearing uh, to take comment on this. Do we have any public comment? Um, I have received none and I see no hands raised. Okay, thank you. Well, we'll close uh, public comment. This is not an action item, right? We're just uh, opening a public hearing. Okay, we will do the same for um, the following item, Napa Valley Community College District, initial proposal for negotiations with the Faculty Association, CCA, CTA, NEA for the contract beginning period, uh, July 1, 2022. Catherine, do we have any public comment? No, sir, we do not. Okay, well, we'll close uh, the public comment as well and move on to action item 11.1, acceptance of initial proposals. Uh, Catherine, is there any public comment on this item? No, I have no public comment. Thank you. And I would uh, welcome a motion. Baldini, move approval. Baldini. Goff second. With Goff with a second. Uh, any discussion? <laughs> He's very quick to the gun. I always appreciated that about Trustee Valdini. Um, all in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? Seeing none with Trustee Baker and Trustee DeLuna absent. Uh, this item is approved unanimously. Uh, we will now move on to uh, the following uh, approval of Napa Valley Community College District initial proposal for negotiations with the Faculty Association. Catherine, is there any uh, public comment on this item? No, I have no public comment. Okay. I would uh, welcome a motion. Valdini, well, move approval. So, not so quick that time. <laughs> Trustee Valdini. I'll second. Thank you, Trustee Goff. <laughs> any discussion? Labored over it. No. <laughs> Thank you. Um, all in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? Seeing none, uh, with Trustee Baker and Luna absent, uh, this uh, item 11.4 is approved unanimously. Now move on to another action item 11.5, consideration to enter into an employment agreement. Um, I do have a readout on this uh, item under the government code. 
which I will do now, uh, prior to considering this matter as required by Government Code Section 54953, Subdivision C3, I am providing an oral summary of the recommendation regarding the salary and fringe benefits under the proposed contracts of classified administrators. The district is entering into an employment agreement with James Reeves as Assistant Superintendent Vice President Administrative Services beginning July 1, 2022 through June 30, 2025. Assistant Superintendent Vice President will receive a monthly salary at range three, step H on the Vice President salary schedule, which currently is $15,913. Salary will be prorated for any partial month of service. The Assistant Superintendent Vice President shall be entitled to receive the same fringe benefits as the Administrative Confidential Employee Group. The district is also entering into an employment agreement with Charles Alberon as Vice President of Human Resources, Training and Development beginning July 1, 2022 through June 30, 2025. Vice President will receive a monthly salary at range two, step F on the Vice President salary schedule, which currently is $13,746 through June 30, 2023. Beginning July 1, 2023, the monthly salary will be based on range two, step G, on the vice president's salary schedule, which is currently $14,433. Salary will be prorated for any partial month of service. The assistant superintendent vice president shall be entitled to receive the same fringe benefits as the administrative confidential employee group. Catherine, do we have any public comment on this item? No, we do not. Okay. Eileen, Motions with uh, deep appreciation and gratitude. I will, uh, with the, the same deep appreciation and gratitude, welcome you guys. I can't say welcome because you've been with us for so long already, it seems, but second. Thank you, Trustee Baldini and Trustee Iverson. Any discussion? Seeing none, all in favor? Aye. Any opposed? Trustee Baker and Trustee DeLuna is absent, and I'm voting aye as well, and we uh, vote to approve this unanimously. Action item 12.1, resolution authorizing interfund transfer amounts for the 21-22 fiscal year. Jim, uh, Jim, you do have a, a, a report out on this? I have a report. If there are any questions, uh, how would you like to proceed? This is a, a transfer of funds from our uh, Fund 11 to some restricted funds uh, uh, as, uh, as uh, directed by the board on an annual basis. Great. Um, I will move for approval. I don't have any questions. Second. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, any discussion? Hey, Catherine, do we have any uh, public comment? Excuse me for uh, not raising that first. No, we do not. So that was Iverson and Rios? Yes. Did I hear? Oh, thank you. All in favor? Aye. Aye. So it's a roll call vote or no? <clears throat> no when we're present, no need for a roll call, only uh, remotely, remote meetings. Uh, so I'll, I'll just recall the, the voice vote, uh, or not the voice vote, the, my consensus. Um, all in favor? Aye. Aye. Thank you. Any opposed? With uh, Trustee Baker and Trustee DeLuna absent, uh, the board approves this unanimously. Uh, item 12.2, unrestricted general fund, uh, fund 11, revenues and expenditures update and adjusted budget as of May 31. Jim? Thank you, Trustee Dodd. Uh, 
Catherine, are you driving? I'm driving. Catherine continues to drive. Folks, this is uh, through May 31st of this year. This is the Fund 11, the general fund. Uh, I'll go over uh, it with you again just to orient you. I'm sure you're tired of hearing this. Uh, you'll see in the on the left side, uh, the two columns on the left, audited, audited columns. Those are uh, numbers that you may want to compare trends to. So you get a sense of how we're trending in one direction or another across the lines. We are at 531. We have one month remaining. Uh, so you can see uh, how we're doing. Total revenues, uh, we, are, uh, we are at 37630000 I'll just spend a moment on that in just a moment. We're budgeted at 45006171. I spoke today with our accounting staff. We have we have to reclass about $3.7 million there uh, because we haven't pulled back the loan repayment from the county from last fall. So that's actually understated by $3.7 million. So we're, we're pretty close to reaching our revenue targets for the remainder of the year. We'll see about $800,000 a month trickle in from our state appropriations. So from a revenue perspective, I'm, I'm, I'm always uh, concerned that we're going to hit the number, but it, it looks, uh, I'm fairly confident uh, at, this, at this report that we are. Moving down a bit, uh, the salaries areas, that's an area that I want to speak briefly about. Uh, we are trending very well uh, on total salaries. As you can see on the far right column, the projection variance is 363,426. That number by itself is very good. If you look up, you'll see two negative numbers. It's the uh, classified salaries permanent and classified salaries temporary. The large negative variance has occurred over the course primarily of the last month. And why? Because we're paying out those vacation payouts for folks who are leaving both in May and June. Now, we didn't budget for those because we didn't anticipate we were going, going to see this kind of activity. The good news is it reduces our liability. The bad news is, is that it, will, it, it impacts our, our reserves this year. Now, our reserves are still slightly positive, and I think uh, uh, I may have to cut off everyone's lunch money, but I think we're going to be okay by the end of the, of the fiscal year. So that's a positive number. If we move down to employee benefits, the total number I think is on the next page. We're, we're trending positively there at 191,498. Our total books and supplies were trending slightly negative at 115,000. We have a negative variance in instructional supplies and materials. Um, I can't give you detail about that now, but but uh, that's. Um, that's not a number that terribly, I'm not terribly afraid of, but certainly we want to budget in the future to, to more accurately reflect those costs. Moving down to other operating expenses, uh, we're seeing uh, um, total other operating expenses at 183,659. That's still positive. The capital outlay number is the next negative number on the far right, 488,937. That's largely due to a reclassification of those computer lease leases that you may recall. We moved out of um, maintenance and repairs to uh, capital outlay to help us on our 50% uh, uh, law. We're not, we're not where we should be with 50%, but that's all helping to get us into a better place. Other transfers, you can see uh, 99, uh, 170, uh, 170, and the OPEB is 1236000 uh, that's positive. However, um, 
how are we, we, we're doing okay relative to budget. That number is the payment for our medical benefits for our retirees. As you'll see in the next budget, we're also pushing in there the cost of the SERP as we look at next year's budget. So um, the good news is we're still in the black at 35,900, uh, and we still see a slight uptick in our reserves, but it's the, the variance is largely due to those, um, those payments for vacation accruals as people retire and leave the institution. So the good news is we're in the black. Uh, the, the, the challenge for me is to keep us in the black in the last uh, now uh, 28 days or so uh, uh, of, of the month. And uh, we're working diligently to make sure we, we end up uh, in a good spot and that, we, uh, and that we add something to our reserves this year. What questions might you have? Before maybe jump in, was there any public comment on this item, Catherine? No, there is no, none. Okay, so we'll close public comment. Dr. Frost, you had your hand up? Could you grab in, in your microphone? Unrehearsed question, but uh, as long as you mentioned the 50% rule, uh, I know when I arrived here, it was in the 41, 42% range. And I know you and the vice presidents have all been working on this. Do you know where we are? as of today, more or less? Uh, that is a trick question, and, and the implication that these questions are all rehearsed, and none of them are. <laughs> uh, we, are we are making progress. Uh, we're going to be at least two, maybe three points above that from my perspective. But I would, I would couch that in terms of we can only do so much in terms of accounting. We've already done some in terms of personnel, clearly, in terms of the the attrition we've seen uh, in our ranks, but we're still we're still not going to make the fifty percent. Uh, once we drop all the numbers in the in the budget for next year, I'll be able to provide the board a reasonable uh, projection about what next year's budget looks like. But I'm I'm reluctant to give a hard number uh, today, given uh, we haven't closed yet, and I think there's still some movement going on in, in reclassification. But you say we're we're not moving in the wrong direction. I did not say we're not moving. In, we are we are moving in the correct uh, direction. We're moving in a good direction. Yes. A similar question uh, in terms of our reserves. Could you estimate kind of where you think we'll be at, at the end of this fiscal year in terms of increasing our re reserves uh, over the previous year? We we we're looking at uh, um, right now about forty thousand dollars increase, and I anticipate. I hope we can we can pump it up a little bit. The initial. Uh, uh, adopted budget was 109,000. Um, we're not going to, I don't believe we're going to hit that. It's still possible, frankly, but those uh, vacation pay payouts are what really um, hit us. Uh, certainly, uh, I think when we were putting the budget together, we didn't anticipate that kind of number. Right. Were those, were the vacation payouts related, those are related to the, the SERP too, right? That's correct. Okay. Not exclusively, but, uh, but, a large number are yes. A large amount is. Any other questions? No. Thank you very much, Jim. Now let's move on to be on twelve point three, uh, which is an action item uh, adopting a review of the tentative uh, budget. Jim, you are up again. Thank you. Catherine, could you pull up the PowerPoint, please? 
This is uh, the PowerPoint uh, uh, providing you a backdrop, some background to the tentative budget and ultimately the budget process uh, th that, that you'll see across uh, uh, certainly public community colleges and most colleges. It's typically a two-stage process. And the tentative budget uh, allows the institution to legally operate on July 1st um, uh, and uh, authorizes uh, um, commitments on behalf of the institution to continue uh, payroll, et cetera. Can you go to slide two, please? So some background required by California Ed Code, prepared for the Board of Trustees, um, uh, review and approval not later than June 30th each year. The adoption of the tentative budget provides statutory authorization to sustain financial and operational commitments. The budget is presented, I'm on, on bullet two, through a deliberative process with contributions from budget operating units, area councils, the planning and budget committee, and the president's cabinet. Source documents for this work include AP 6200, the budget development memorandum, and the budget values and assumptions document that the board reviewed um, early this spring. An additional budget workshop session was requested and added to the budget development calendar by the planning and budget committee to further review budget assumptions and projections this year. The community budget forum was canceled due to time constraints at the conclusion of the semester. Uh, unfortunately, the, the forum uh, needed to be canceled because we were in such a, a compressed time frame uh, with a with mandate to, to provide you a budget for consideration uh, by this meeting. The tentative budget is presented utilizing the best information available and is subject to change as additional information becomes available, including validated information about our revenues, what our validated information from state revenues might look like, and some, and some movement uh, and con confirmation of some of our other costs. Uh, additional information can include but not be limited to realized enrollments and for information contained in the adopted uh, governor's bu budget confirm state and local property tax revenues and finalized contribution rates for PERS and STRS. Confirmed information will be reflected in the final budget which is presented to you for the, at the September board meeting. Here's our planning assumptions moving forward. <coughs> These were part of the guidance memorandum that was distributed to budget center managers for the development of their budget. Some of them have been modified based on some on more recent information. You can see where our enrollments are going. I don't think it's, this is news to anyone, uh, but our, our enrollments have been in decline uh, for several years pre-pandemic. And so uh, our budget needs to reflect um, these realities. So our anticipated 22-23 budget is 34.52 full-time equivalent students. And this number is based upon our, our fiscal year uh, 22 P2 estimate. So. Uh, I think we'll see more of that information coming through uh, in the summer uh, and early fall as we see enrollments realized. Our anticipated material changes in revenue, initial local pro property tax estimates suggest a 3% increase. That's the best information we have today. Um, fingers crossed it could be a tad more, but we need confirmation from the county and we anticipate having better information in July about what those revenues uh, look like. Uh, a reduction in state appropriations based upon declining enrollments. The state does continue to provide some support to a basic aid district, if you will. 
but it's based on our enrollments. And as our, our enrollments slip a bit, um, those uh, per student uh, um, revenues will drop as well. We have a slight increase in additional revenue uh, realized from the lease of the portion of the Upper Valley campus to the, to the city of Saint, excuse me, city of Saint Helena. How do you say that, Oscar? Thank you. Uh, of about two hundred six thousand dollars. So that's new to our budget this year. Next slide, please. Here's our uh, assumptions related to um, our employee associated salary and benefit costs, faculty increased by contractor at 5% and are linked to the, uh, the amount of property tax revenue we receive. Permanent classified salary increase at 4%. Administrator confidential salary increase is a follow along at 4%. And you can see the increase in PERS and STRS and it also includes step and column movement in the budget for classified employees and any out of class pay that was part of the budget last year is also included this year. Next uh, slide, please. Here are the changes in costs. Um, our CERP participants, 18, I think 18 is, is uh, the last number I've seen. Um, we anticipate annual SERP savings of about 450,000 net of cost for over for five years with minimal rehires. So you remember the SERP has a projection of savings based on the number of people we don't hire. So as long as we maintain that, we will realize these savings. Our changes in section offerings resulting from resulted from reduced enrollments are noted here. 2021, we had 1052 sections. 21-22, we had 962 sections. In 22-23, we have 890 sections. And uh, I believe this is an estimate for spring as well. So you can see how that is changing. Where this directly impacts our budget is with, um, with reduced course offerings is, is most directly with our adjunct faculty, our part-time faculty, because they're typically the first ones who don't get hired for classes we're not offering. Changes in faculty reassigned time, reduction to fund 11, about 290,982 uh, through the good work of the Academic Affairs Office and others. Um, we realized a nice savings there. Next slide. These are st six strategic goals. They look familiar to you because I think they've been in place for three or five years or so. Um, but ultimately, we want to align our budget. Our budget is obviously a manifestation of our, uh, what we desire to do and what we uh, want to do to advance our mission. I won't go over those individually, but those, uh, those are what guide uh, our planning. Next slide, please. The 22-23 tentative budget included priorities, uh, recommended prioritization uh, for these particular areas. And these were uh, statements in the guidance memo, the memo I referenced early on uh, that, that provided uh, uh, some guidance for um, our colleagues across the campus to develop their requests. I would also add that, th that there was an emphasis on limited resources to our colleagues. And I would add that they were extraordinarily responsive to not asking for a lot. And so I would applaud those efforts and thank them for, for the kind of constraint they demonstrated there. So our priorities were student equity, support and success, investments in technology, student outreach and marketing, 
our unfunded liabilities and 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 priorities and increase in fund balance. So the values we provided here, you can see in uh, fund 11, uh, the next column over to the right, student outreach and marketing uh, in fund 11 is 60,500 directly from fund 11. Uh, unfunded liabilities, what we found was we were, we were pressing hard to to meet the obligations of the budget. And, and so uh, after consultation with uh, the president's cabinet and Dr. Frost, we agreed that we would pull that off for the moment. And an increase in fund balance, you'll see that in just a moment. In fund 12, top of this, the schedule again, student equity support and success is, is primarily funding from the state for these, uh, for these efforts on our campus. This funding is expected to go up 5% per this governor's budget. Um, hopefully we'll re that will be realized. Investments in technology, a total of a million dollars, 500,000 of which will come from HERF 3 funds. HERF 3 funds need to be um, used in, in their entirety or committed in their entirety by June 30th of 2023. We have $350,000 in student technology fees that students have uh, voted on and uh, agreed to support uh, upgrades in Wi-Fi technology across the campus, uh, largely due to um, to Oscar's advocacy and work with that student group. Thank you, Oscar. One hundred and fifty thousand in instructional equipment. These are primarily state funds, and this goes to equipment in the classroom, particularly. the The five hundred thousand or three funds will be. Uh, there's a focus on desktop refreshes so that, um, so that teaching and learning can be advantaged by an investment in desktop refresh. Next slide, please. The other priorities in the guidance memorandum are as follows. In an effort to address the challenges raised by both FICMAT and ACCJC, an investment of up to $50,000 to implement Elucian software for budget development. Apparently that is a module we own and have not been able to implement since, uh, since purchase. We, we are speaking with Elucian now to see what the implications are for moving that forward. The second one is review, implement position control software, another theme that you've, uh, we've all discussed. Uh, at $50,000. I'll share with you that the solution has not been agreed upon quite yet, but we did put $50,000 in here to move this initiative forward. And uh, uh, business and finance is working with human resources to come up with a solution that addresses our need and, and uh, in an, uh, in a, with a number we can afford. A compensation study it's necessary to do a compensation study as we prepare ourselves for uh, uh, looking at collective bargaining, bargaining agreements that uh, will both expire in 24. And a senior budget manager position. This is a position that, uh, that I uh, made a request for. It is an effort to address several issues related to providing the board and our colleagues across the campus, current budget, budget information that's up to date, um, five-year budget projections that are critical to our long-term planning and the ability to address budget issues from our budget managers in real time as opposed to guessing. 
you'll find that still some of our budget manager will say, say you, I haven't seen my budget in a while because they can't find it on online. I spoke with someone today who's, I asked her how she's buying cotton balls and she says she just buys them. She doesn't have a reference to her budget. So, but this is an effort, uh, the senior budget uh, manager is an effort to address uh, a wide range of budget related issues and compliance issues that, that we are we're pressing hard to address. Next slide, please. Can I jump on on that one just please. before we go? So is that something that wasn't in place before? What? And how was it the senior budget manager position? How were we accounting for that before? We, we were spreading that work over. Uh, I, I suspect the vice president, Doug Roberts, was actually doing some of that. That was one of his tasks when he was here. Prior to that, I, I, I couldn't. I can't answer that. But the current staff in, in business services were not tasked with that and have not been tasked with that. I, I anticipate, uh, Trustee Iverson, that the implementation of the budget development uh, software through Elucian will be a primary task for this position as well. Please. When, when you have each office managing their budgets on Excel spreadsheets and none of those spreadsheets communicate back to our business office, you know, we, we, it's the inability to account for everything we're spending. And that's exactly what Jim is correcting through this position and the implementation of the software. Jim, one more question. You, you mentioned this for the review implement position control software, that it wasn't a, comp a complete solution or not a, a comprehensive solution. What do you mean by that? It, 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 we have not determined what the solution is. It's a, what software solution will be. We're looking at a couple of software solutions. Right, thank but you. but we, I was on a call today uh, trying to understand what one solution could do for us. Um, and I want to look closely at Lucent because we already own that, but there are some shortcomings of that piece of software. Uh, what, I, what I am um, uh, encouraging us all in that conversation to say is that we need to be very intentional and move this forward quickly as it's been identified as a shortcoming in our ability to control our expenses relative to personnel costs. And I'm sorry, I'm just still kind of flabbergasted at the point that we've had this software for how long and we haven't even been utilizing it to its full capabilities even so. that, that's accurate um I, I, I don't i don't th i i don't think it was uh i i believe uh and others may want to weigh in on this is that staff felt a little bit overwhelmed in terms of getting it up to speed and then resources weren't allocated for development and training of staff so that it would could be could be successfully deployed I think it was a good idea. It might have been started and it stopped. And, and Charlie, you have a, a follow up there? In addition to that, I want to say that the product itself, when purchased, um, there was a lot of promises made by the company that the product would be able to meet all needs. The product was not designed specifically for HR payroll finance solution. They, it was a bolt-on. So even in the conversation that we had earlier this week and speaking with the company, we are hearing the exact same thing we heard 15 years ago or over 15 years ago when we purchased this product. They have not built this out where we can fully utilize it to track our position control and tie it back to budget. 
And so that's why we're looking at other options because we're in 2022 and there, uh, there's a plethora of options out there, but we have to find the right thing that fits this district and our immediate needs to address position control. Thank there's you. No credits. I'm sure that we could be offered because they were unable to perform. Trust me, if it was, I, I would go for it without, without, without a thought. I, I need to break in here for a minute. I agree with Charo. I agree with Jim. The reality is, is that, and, and this is where, you know, frankly, it is a fault in leadership when you don't invest in the implementation of the tool you have to effectively use it. That's not on the business office. That's not on human resources. It's not on IT. It was on the underinvestment in the original in the initial programming that needed to take place to fully implement this. It's it's our ERP. It's our enterprise resource program. Is what that's what colleague is. All of these are supposed to talk to each other and, and be integrated between our various offices. We didn't invest in the programming either on site or from an external programmer to fully implement it. And that's on us. And you weren't told about that underinvestment. Instead, that money was spent on other things. And now the college is really paying for it. Thank you. Oh, Next slide, please. Yeah. These are notes on Fund 11. Fund 11 is our unrestricted general fund. That's the, the budget we hear most about. There's also a Fund 12 uh, that we provide as part of this budget presentation. By the way, at the tentative budget, we don't present all of our funds because they don't have much relevance to the general fund. But in the final budget, I'll present to you all of our funds and how they're interrelated. Uh, they're not interrelated a lot, but it, 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 we'll, we provide you a, a more full picture at final budget. The tentative budget includes replacement positions considered necessary for continued operations and will be considered by the president's cabinet on a case-by-case -case basis. Positions authorized for recruitment will be initially posted internally with the college reserving the right to reassign existing staff to open positions for which they are qualified. The president's cabinet will strive to achieve a no net change to the operating budget as part of these considerations. This is one of the steps that Dr. Frost, frankly, began uh, that any open position comes to uh, the cabinet table to answer these questions. And uh, we recognize that we have uh, we have some very talented folks on campus. We probably have more than we need, given our student body size. And so our effort will be to reassign where we can and try to achieve a no net change in the budget as we can. Uh, Dr. Parker was a great example this year of no net change, was, a, was uh, able to um, award sabbaticals with no net change to her budget. And that's a, a model that we need, need to adopt uh, moving forward, certainly during some challenging budget times. Number two, her three funds utilized for technology improvements will follow technology plans in place. Number three, the increase in the fund balance is a projection dependent on the ending, ba un excuse me, ending balance for 21-22 and any realized revenue expenditures for 22-23. So I, this is really, I'm hedging my bets. I can't tell you exactly what the fund balance will be, but it's dependent on other factors. Um, number four, we just uh, discussed. Number five, position control, we just discussed. 
Number six, uh, uh, the budget control position we just discussed. And number seven, a tax revenue anticipation note, a TRAN, is under consideration to address uh, possible cash flows challenges in 22-23. These costs are not uh, part of this budget, the, the, the interest costs. I do anticipate providing you a resolution and a cash flow analysis for the July budget. Next slide, please. These are notes to fund 12. Fund 12 are restricted funds, typically uh, categorical funds that have a very either a very restricted purpose or a restricted timeline in which you need to use them. Um, these, these expenditures and program balances are estimated. Number two, our revenue projections do not include increases, decreases in program allocations as a result of state appropriations for this coming year because they haven't been finalized yet. College finance staff continue to review the appropriate and allowable allocation of expenses to fund 12 programs. That's the reclassification work we've been doing. Next slide, please. Next steps in the the tentative budget. We will make uh, the applicable applicable adjustments per the adopted state budget. We will review and implement any changes as a result of any applicable trailer bill language that comes out of the state uh, relative to the budget. We need to confirm our property or local property tax revenue, our revenues and expenditures adjusted as supported by data and applicable governance processes. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. And the final budget is reviewed by the college community planning and budget committee and the president's cabinet with a recommendation to the board at the September 22 meeting. Next slide. I have a few more slides for you, but any questions, observations, concerns at this point? Uh, Trustee Goff. Uh, Yeah, I just want to thank you for taking the FICMAC report to heart. And I see in the, in those operational recommendations, um, I, they're right from that report, what we need. And while some may say, why are you spending money on these software programs? These are the things that we need in place to really get us back on track. So I really appreciate you really taking that to heart and putting it in the budget. And again, as, as Dr. Frost alluded to, investing in really getting them up and running and staff trained so they do become useful and really helps help us keep it on track. So thank you very much for doing thank that. Thank you, Trustee Goff. Any further questions at this point? Uh, Just an observation. And I just wanted to, again, thank you for, you know, looking at some systems and putting them in place where they weren't. And I'm looking forward to seeing the cash flow analysis and just overall having a checks and balances is huge. So there's a lot of information here and I appreciate the work. Thank you, Trustee Iverson. Apparently I can continue working here based on our previous conversation. Can I? Can we pull up the uh, the memorandum from the president to the board of trustees, please? Thank you. Our process for the development of each phase of our budget is governed by what we call uh, AP sixty two hundred. And AP sixty two hundred was just revised uh, in the last. It was approved in the last several weeks. And so it provides uh, guidance for how the budget is presented, considered, adopted. And so uh, the 
Planning and Budget Committee presented uh, to Dr. Frost their recommendations uh, based on their review, their careful analysis, and their extensive consideration. Uh, and uh, the process indicates that the that the president, superintendent, president will take the recommendations and respond to those recommendations, either affirming or suggesting modifications as a recommendation to you, the board. This memorandum is uh, was written by uh, and endorsed by Dr. Frost and indicates uh, his recommendation to you about the, the tentative budget that's being presented today. Um, if we can move down to mid-page here. The above paragraph says the recommendation phase of AP 6200 requires the Planning and Budget Committee to submit the recommended budget and supporting documents to the superintendent president uh, and board of trustees. Further, the superintendent president shall submit to the board of trustees a recommendation which either endorses adoption of the budget or proposes modifications. In addition to the budget documents presented at the June 2 meeting, a planning and budget meeting, the following recommendations were forwarded by that committee. First of all, that we remove from the tentative budget the consultant costs earmarked for the development of the Eleusinian budget module of $50,000. I'll share with you the concern. It was echoed here today. Uh, and I don't want to misrepresent this, but a frustration that we had, we've had this for so long. Why, ha why haven't we done anything with it? And why are we spending money now? Uh, the implication meaning that are we going to make any progress? So it was a real frustration about why haven't we done anything? Remove from the tentative budget consultant costs for the development of the Aleutian position control module. Much the same argument. Remove from the tentative budget the consultant cost to conduct a compensation study of $25,000. There is a sensitivity about ending balances here. So again, I don't want to misrepresent the intent of the committee. They've been through. Uh, they've been through what most of you have been through, and I've been through this much of it. They want to be sure that that we're we are operating on responsible grounds, and I think that's reflected in these recommendations. And then to reduce the amount budgeted for classified staff to actual expenditures for fiscal year 22-23 reflects a budget reduction of four hundred one thousand dollars. Uh, based upon a projected 22 expenditure of $7,800,000. We had some disagreements about what that number should be. Uh, 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 members of the committee wanted to, uh, uh, arithmetically could not uh, see how this number would rise. Our business services area, we took a couple looks at it. Um, and we, we agreed uh, that we'll take another look at it and you'll see how that's reflected here. So the superintendent uh, president recommended the following modifications. After careful review of the recommendations, uh, I am endorsing the proposed tentative budget with the following modifications. And then I'll just, I'll just move to the response here that the budget consulting costs, that these costs remain in the tentative budget with the expenditure delayed pending further discussion in the community forum for the final budget. I think Dr. Frost is acknowledging that a community forum didn't take place and that, um, that uh, a more community feedback was, uh, was important here, not to pull it out of the budget, but to simply um, await a final budget community forum uh, discussion. The compensation study 
Uh, These costs remain in the tentative budget. The study will provide data necessary for long-term salary improvement and appropriate future staffing levels for the college. To reduce the amount of classified staff budget, uh, we, we agree to take a closer look at this. And based on the recommendation from the committee, I have reduced that number to their number uh, and agreed that we would take a closer look at it and, and represent it for the final budget. And then uh, Dr. Frost has some concluding remarks. Um, uh, in conclusion, I do sincerely believe the proposed tentative budget addresses the needs for 22-23. Will it will be a Spartan year with additional reductions necessary to NBC Human Resources overall. But based on current plans, trends, and associated funding, uh, the office anticipates slight growth of the reserve fund, ability to cover post-employment benefits, and some additional funds to invest in the college's current and future instructional programs. So that, that brings us to you, and I'd like to show you the numbers if you're not uh, glassy-eyed quite yet. Not at all. Could you pull up Fund 11, please? This is the proposed uh, tentative budget with the recommendations, modifications from the superintendent president um, included. Let me share with you that the, the, the schedule that I sent out on Monday did not include some of the adjustments that are reflected in the president's memorandum because of the time frame in which we were working. Planning and budget concluded their deliberations last Thursday afternoon. And um, and we sent those to Dr. Uh, Frost, I think Friday or maybe even Saturday. Uh, and so he, uh, in an effort to make sure that we had some information out for public review, uh, we posted uh, our initial um, information, including the PowerPoint on Monday. And we posted the, revi- the revised, I think last night, actually, Catherine, is that right? I was doing it today. Today, we posted a revised one. But it, it reflects the only changes in that revised were um, were the revisions from the president's memorandum. So our revenues, uh, I hope you're familiar with this format. Um, our revenues uh, are forty six million. Again, those are those are unconfirmed and and about you can see uh, about a million dollars more than last year on on a projection basis. If you move down to salaries, you'll see that um, our salaries are projected to be 26,147 as opposed to your, your, um, your board approved budget. Now let's look at our, our, let's see, let's look at our projection, our purple column here, our projection to year end fiscal 22, if you follow me there, our projected year end this year is 27,453. So the difference in salaries alone is a million, about a million three. And so that's, that's obviously, while we did increase salaries based on collective bargaining agreements, um, we're, we, we were able to reduce um, uh, salaries based on the work that was done this, some difficult work done this spring, including the SERP. I will add here that the classified salaries permanent at 74775.31 is the adjusted number we agreed to with the Planning and Budget Committee. So that number will, will continue to be under review as we approach final budget. So moving down to employee benefits, um, you'll see the total there is 10 million, 
080. Uh, if you look at our year end this year, we're at about, uh, we projected finishing an ending balance of about $9.7 million. So about a $300,000 savings there, uh, notwithstanding the increases in PERS, STRS costs and medical costs. Books and supplies. Um, uh, we have a number there of 371,000. I think we're, we're uh, trending, excuse me, we're budgeted okay there, but I, we might actually be a little under budgeted there. So we have to take a closer look at that. Other operating expenses, the total on the right column, Catherine, a little further down. Um, all the way down to the total. Yeah, total other operating expenses, 5,642,000. Um, our purple column is 5,159,283. Uh, so that's a little bit higher. We anticipate some increases in energy costs and costs associated with reopening the campus fully to uh, faculty and staff. Our, I'll call your attention to one other area, uh, two other areas, other, uh, other outgo. There's $200,000, a relatively small number, but that's an effort to move our print shop to an independent fund so we can monitor carefully the, the costs or the revenue and costs associated with that operation. When it's, when it's blended with everything else, it's hard to understand what our, how that, how, um, that operation is doing. And then under uh, OPEB, OPEB on the right side, a million forty to two seventy, that includes two things primarily: our uh, medical benefits for our retirees at about a million two, and the cost of the SERP in year one. And they'll be it's year, goes for five years. Uh, it's an annuity. It's valued at around two hundred fifty thousand dollars per year for the annuity. So. Um, so you see the long and short of it, we're looking at for an increase in fund balance of a million two oh eight next year um, and a growth in the fund balance of uh, to about ten point seven percent of of expenditures. That's a very positive number. There's a couple things we want to keep an eye on. Number one, what our tax revenues will roll out to be, uh, and number two, what those classified costs, how those will be realized. So I view those uh, as, as two of the outliers that we need to keep an eye on over the summer. And you will certainly want to be asking questions of us uh, as we look at the final budget. Any questions on Fund 11? Actually, I do have a, a couple of questions, Please. Uh, Jim. Um, in terms of, let's see, you know, one thing that I saw tonight, which is wonderful that we have that Dr. Warren all put together on with direction from, from Dr. Frost, um, is that our, our planning, the integrated planning schedule, we're talking about reviewing all the, the master plans uh, that we have. I know we've talked about suggestions. I know we can do that internally, um, but there are cases where we might bring in a consultant. And I thought that it was quite aggressive in terms of all, I, I love the, the aggressiveness in terms of, uh, or ambitiousness in terms of taking all those plans on. I'm just wondering if we do have the resources to do that internally. Um, and do we have any sort of budgeting uh, in place for, you know, which are consulting costs ultimately uh, for, for those uh, updating those plans? Well, we, uh, I'll answer that two ways. Number one, the numbers will come out of our reserve or we make a choice to reduce expenses somewhere else in the budget. Uh, if we're looking at our major plans, our educational master plan, our facilities plan, a strategic plan, uh, and you go outside, that's, that's one, that's, that's a considerable expense. Uh, 
Uh, if you do some of it internally, obviously it's a different kind of expense. But um, we would have to make the choice between um, whether we want to take it from our reserves or uh, or we give up something else in the current budget. To, to kind of piggyback on that, if we have the appropriate system, this leucine system that's helping with putting the budgets and compiling all this data, is that going to help have a better understanding and grip as we move forward internally? Yes. I, the easy answer is yes. Here's the big answer I will give you. Our budget systems need to be robust enough that we can project over five years and change our assumptions based on what our educational master plan says and our and our um, strategic plan says and our facilities plan requires of us. With that, we can make decisions in real time about what we want the institution to address in terms of its educational master plan and strategic plan in a context that allows you to say, what are the implications for this decision this year, next year, the following year, and, and three years down the road? Now, now, it's not easy to anticipate things like a pandemic, but it gives us better information that I would offer than we've had in the past. What Would others add to that? Dr. Frost, others? Any other questions on Fund 11? Let me just finish you off with uh, the Fund 12 schedule. Emphasis on fun. fun the Fund 12 reflects restricted funds, again, for a very specific purpose, categorical funds, special program needs, excuse me, special program funding or time sensitive funds. So you'll notice here that this is a reflective of um, funds that we get from the state uh, and federal sources, some local financing, et cetera. This, um, this is not as easily explained because there are lots of funds with lots of uses. What I will share with you is that it's, it's a, uh, scroll down to the bottom for me, Catherine. There's a total of, uh, I think, um, well, we're projecting about a $5.2 million balance here. Today, we're sitting at around $10 million um, uh, because we have her funds, et cetera, for specific purposes. We're in pretty good shape here uh, in terms of funds available. We just have to be careful how we use them. And again, our reclass work uh, calls us to be careful about how we assign our costs. So that number one, they're appropriate, they're accurate, and we haven't lost sight of whether we can use funds for other purposes or not. So um, we do have some employee costs and benefits for uh, employees who are assigned to specific funds. For example, we might have someone who's doing half-time in an HISI grant and half-time on general fund, et cetera. So there are lots of combinations of, uh, or fractions of uh, personnel in there. So if you have any specific questions, I'll try to answer those. Um, otherwise, uh, that would conclude my report. Thank you, Mr. Rees. Catherine, do we have any public comment on this item? No, I've received, we have no public comment. Any comments or questions from trustees? I had just wanna comment on the robust work and the amount of information that we've received in the last year as a board and i don't think you have you even been here a year yet jim 
No, it, it, sometimes it feels like it, but no, I haven't. I just, I want to thank you, Jim, and the rest of our staff, but you too, Dr. Frost, for all the work that you've done and getting us on the, the right track. And it wasn't good. And I'm speaking to you guys and those in the audience and attendance right now and those on Zoom. Um, but I feel better. I know that we're, it's not perfect yet, but I think that we have a better understanding and I think that we're putting systems in place that weren't there. So thank you. Thank you, Trustee, Trustee Baldini. To whom, what department would a grant fund uh, writer be ensconced or embedded? Is that? Uh... That's a great question. Um, I'll defer to my colleagues on this, Dr. Frost. Funny you should ask. That, that was a, a lively discussion in cabinet just recently. I don't understand. Uh, I wasn't here. There was an advancement office. Um, I think the college, I'd, I'd like to be engaged with, with the board in the next couple of weeks discussing how a, uh, the resource development function of the college could be reconstituted um, with a combination of existing staff and, and, and some, some new initiatives. Um, we're doing some great work in grant development now. Um, and I, I have to hats off to Oscar and, and the work he's doing with his staff. They've brought in a lot of money that, we, that the college really needed in recent years. But harnessing it, focusing it, and growing it, you know, really speaks to your question. And I think, I think the college closed down an office three or four years ago um, that, frankly, is, is a needed office. And that office, again, was? Office of Advancement. Um, and would that, um, would that tie in with our foundation pieces in some of those areas where our foundation is always looking for what is the need in other areas outside of scholarships? And yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you've program. got, I mean, you've got four vice presidents, all of whom have a lot of experience in this. There's. You know, in a nutshell, I would probably create an office of resource development or an office of advancement, connect together your foundation staff, your grant writing, contracting, um, that, that those boundary spanners that go out from to Washington, D.C. or to Sacramento and draw in new resources to the college. This is this is such a special college. It, it's going to be super competitive for those additional funds. And frankly, the college could use those additional funds and, and, and the, some of the, the new programs that we've been discussing that our community is calling out for. Uh, we can apply for funds to help build those programs. So. I do have one more question. So with our robust state budget right now, is there other areas that we could generate more income from the state? I guess. We're anticipating um, the possibility of receiving some uh, some contribution from the state to address a couple of areas of need across the state. One is technology and one is uh, OPEBs. Um, so that's promising. Uh, again, uh, it, it's not real till it's in your pocket. 
Um, but that certainly has been promising throughout the the legislative process. So we're at fingers crossed that with that'll that can really help us. Thank you. Any move approval? I, I, one more call I, I did before we go there, but we do have a motion <laughs> on the floor. So uh, just I, I, in addition to what uh, Trustee Iverson said, I also appreciate, I think that that level of transparency and hearing what planning and budget committee said and what they offered and what they, they didn't like. I appreciate also putting that in writing uh, for the rest of the board to see. And then your responses to that, not only just your responses to that, but open consideration of that in particular with the classified staff budget. I just thought that was, that was a really a nice piece for the board to see with all this robust information. I think there was just some clear, um, this, clearly there was a lot of thought behind it and intent behind it and, and making sure it was a real uh, community developed budget. Thank you. And we have a, a, a trustee Baldini with a motion on the floor. A second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? Uh, with uh, Trustee DeLuna and Trustee uh, Baker uh, not present, uh, board approves the tentative budget unanimously. Going to action item 12.4, uh, a resolution for establishing the GAN limit. Uh, Mr. Reese, do you have any something to present here? Or, and it's fine if you don't. Uh, there's there's a page with a GAM limit there. Um, uh, we did exceed the GAM limit. Uh, there's no financial penalty to us. So uh, I think the uh, the page is self-explanatory. Thank you. For approval, Trustee Iverson. Holding a second. Thank you. Catherine, do you have any public comment on this action item? No public comment. Thank you. We have a motion from Trustee Iverson and a second from Trustee Baldini. All in favor? Aye. Any opposed? Yeah. With uh, Trustee Baker and Trustee DeLuna not present, um, board unanimously approves uh, action item 12.4, establishing the GAN limit. Uh, a resolution for Prop 30, Education Protection Account Spending Plan. This is also an action item. This is in reference to uh, what I mentioned before about the Print Center. We're opening a, a new fund to, it's actually uh, can contain other uh, operations who, who provide services to the institution that we want to measure. But initially it will be for uh, the printing house, printing function at the college. So we can uh, carefully monitor that, not monitor, but measure um, expenses and revenues. I like the word monitor, but motion for approval. A motion on the floor. Baldini, second. Second from Trustee Baldini. Catherine, do we have any public comment? Uh, we do not. Well, all in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? Trustee Baker and Trustee DeLuna not present. The board approves uh, this resolution for Prop 30 unanimously. Moving to action item 12.6, resolution for establishing Fund 68 and other internal services. Mr. Reeves? I think we just finished that, did we not? I was on 12.5 for Prop 30, spending plan. I'm sorry, Prop 30 was the Education Protection Account. Correct. Um, that is an account... Uh, provided by the state to ensure that funds go directly to instruction. And it's a declaration of how much money uh, the college received 
uh, about $476,000. It's an annual uh, um, notice to the board and an opportunity to weigh in. Thank you. Kind of switch around the, the uh, items there. Um, Catherine, do we have any public comment on this item? No, I see none. Welcome a motion. Move approval. Do you have any comment, Trustee Everson? No? no. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? Board approves this resolution unanimously. Uh, well, uh, excuse me, that's for Prop 30? Well, that was actually for, I had moved to Prop 68 um, on that piece. Jim had mentioned on that presentation there. So this uh, I was item 12.5. Excuse me, 12.6. Okay. And the... Um, Motion, I moved please. for approval. That was Iverson. I'm sorry. I, was, I need to correct those. Sorry. And the second? That was me. Thank you. Okay. Going to a second reading of board policy BP 4060. Catherine, is there a public comment on this? No, there's no public comment. All right. Welcome a motion. So Thank you, second. Trustee Baldini and Trustee Rios with a second. All Mr. Oh. Aye. Aye. <laughs> Any opposed? I have a question for Mr. Reeves. Okay, we'll jump to that. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> it is warm in here. I know. I, I Let me see if I can. It was just me. It was just me. Let me see if I can rouse somebody here. Uh, no, uh, no oppo opposition or no opposition to approval of uh, secondary board policy 4060. Uh, a board approves unanimously with uh, Baker and DeLuna uh, not present. Move on to constituency uh, reports. We'll start off with our new associate uh, president. Uh, or excuse me, uh, Carrie Six is our vice president for uh, ASNBC. Catherine, is uh, Miss Six here? No, I don't see her here. Let me. No, I do not see her present. Okay, then fourteen point three classified Senate report. Danielle Alexander, who is also not present, probably in some nice air conditioned room. <laughs> Uh, four point uh, uh, four classified association report. Uh, Dixie Larson. Uh, who is also not present? 14.5. We do have a report from uh, uh, Bob Harris. Yes, uh, that is posted. Okay. And we'll move to uh, report 14.6, Academic Senate, and Dr. Eileen Tejada. Uh, not present. Okay. 14.7, uh, is Miss Iwamoto present? Not present. Living the life out there. We will uh, then go to our wonderful and robust uh, president and cabinet reports. Um, Dr. Frost, how do you want to order this? I know we had a lot of things in writing, so. I'm not sure that's in order of seniority. <laughs> I, I would defer you to my written report. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. Good 
Good evening, Board of Trustees. Here I am at my first in-person Board of Trustees meeting with you. Um, so I do have a written report and it starts out as I have for the, the last few months with an enrollment update, um, early stages, but some good news when you look at the fall numbers. So that's very encouraging. You can also see that for both summer and fall, we're running a leaner schedule. And I wanted to just put the note that it, there's always a trade-off in terms of fewer student opportunities and options and the breadth of course offerings that we can have when we're also thinking about productivity and cost. And I think that the academic affairs team, including the deans and program coordinators, have really been thoughtful to try to strike the right balance there. But that doesn't mean that it's easy to see the schedule um, contract and have fewer options available for students. Um, I think that this last year, you know, we've had um, lots of things thrown at us, and that can make it feel like a reactive mode has been the prevailing mode. Um, so I felt it was really important for me at the end of this year to reflect back on some goals that I had laid out for the Office of Academic Affairs focus areas. Um, I'm not sure if those were shared with you at any point, but they were developed last summer to guide uh, direction for myself, really, and the investment that me and my team would make over the, the coming year. Um, they were based on observations during the year of 2021 and informed by a wealth of data that Dr. Robin Warnall provided for me that I had requested and then organized aligned with the strategic plan goals of the college. So the so what I wanted to do tonight just really briefly is to reflect on how these actually came to fruition across the course of the year, buried really under a lot of other things that needed our attention. And not to, to just provide a, long, a laundry list of accomplishments, but rather to call attention to the foundational work that continued across the year, across all parts of academic affairs with so many leaders really, that put things in place that I think will serve the college. And uh, there's a couple of them listed there below that you can read about. But I also, for myself, just went through and, you know, on every single one of those 18 numbers that are listed there, with the exception of about one and a half, I feel confident that we made really significant progress and progress that will set the college up for success going forward. Um, you know, from things like we we are not going to be able to likely to move forward with a project on Mount Veter imminently, but that site development plan was completed. Surveys got done, analysis of possibilities got done, and that will be super important to inform future conversations. The enrollment management task force is up and running. They're moving ahead. Um, our exploration pathways um, uh, under Maria Villa Gomez's leadership with uh, a, a number of different faculty members who were co-chairs and, and part of that team, they set the groundwork for those exploration pathways to be integrated into the website that's going to be rolling out next month, front and center. Um, it it is contributing to, on the next page, you can see some things that are underway right now. The CCRC group 
13 participants who are attending hours each week to think about how to take those exploration pathways and make them real for not only uh, students at the college, but students coming through our dual enrollment pathways. You can see the report from our dual enrollment uh, and educational partnerships manager who has been in place since, I believe, February and the work that she's already done in um, dramatically increasing the number of student participants in our dual enrollment program and the ability to align those pathways starting even back in the middle school, as we heard earlier this evening, through that experience in high school. You can also see on that report that uh, we have a lot of those dual enrollment students in our summer classes and right now making up a significant proportion of our fall enrollment. So I want to just um, call, you know, sort of celebrate that work in really challenging circumstances that continued across the course of the year. Um, and I personally am, am really proud to have been part of that work and the team here at the college. Um, so again, the last page covers some, some current endeavors that are underway, are more uh, forward-looking projects and initiatives to come. And let me end by, by just thanking the Board of Trustees and the campus community for the opportunity to work at the college. I will be always grateful to have served in the role of Assistant Superintendent and Vice President of Academic Affairs here at Napa Valley College. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Parker. And we were really grateful to have you uh, while you were here and you provided incredible leadership during your time here. And um, we wish you all the best in, in, your, in your next adventure, which we know is a lot, a lot closer to home. Thank you. Uh, you, you have the, uh, the report uh, in, in your files there. Basically, just wanted you to highlight the three areas that are noted. Uh, one is uh, data from, from, our, from a commencement that we just had, we were successful. Uh, for the first time, actually for the second time in uh, 18 years that we had it uh, there at the Memorial Stadium. And from all accounts, uh, from staff and students alike, um, it's an event or it's, it's location that we hopefully will continue having our commencements there. And in, in particular, because of the attendance, you see we had close to 2,400 guests, which would not have fit here very, uh, very comfortably. So hopefully that is an event uh, that will be hosted there at that stadium for the future. The other item is uh, is sort of a bit of a snapshot of the outreach activities that have that have uh, been performed by the outreach special task force, which is a group that that includes uh, both folks from academic affairs as well as from student affairs. And uh, the notation of the high schools that, that we reached out to. Uh, much of this work has been um, uh, with the work of, of of Chris Farmer and his group, as well as the other members of that uh, particular task force. So we're working on, on enrollments, we're working as, as, diligently as, as diligently as possible, and hopefully uh, they will garner uh, a great number of enrollments for the fall uh, and spring semesters. Um, and lastly, uh, the, uh, the items that are noted are those items that we're participating in with reference to, to outreach with the community. Last night was, uh, was an event that was, uh, it was a great event we had uh, approximately nine staff members there. It was, it's called uh, Mimi in the Street. Uh, and it was, uh, I was very impressed by the, by the sense of true community that that event has. And it'll be two, two other evenings. Um, and, uh, and so again, there's been several programs, several programs of staff members that, that participated. 
and um, and all had a great time, and as well as other activities such as the uh, June Juneteenth event uh, that will be held in Marin Canyon, and then on April on July the twenty fourth, the uh, Familia event, which is an event that Napa College has always participated in pre COVID, uh, which is uh, uh, held next to or on the street where St. John's Catholic Church is. Uh, and it's an event to primarily assist the farm worker community uh, with services that are offered to them by the community in general and Apicology in particular. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Harrell. Thanks everybody. I, uh, I wanna say a few words uh, for three reasons. Um, First of all, because what what you all don't know is that um, my uh, my dog goes over and sits by the radio on Thursday evenings, wondering if this is the the evening that that I speak speak to him from afar. And and so, hi, Toby. Here I am. And I'm not kidding you. My dog actually listens to these uh, programs and, and and perks up when I when I actually get my chance to speak. So if I if I wax on a little long, now you now you know why I'm reconnecting with my with my uh, my dog friend. Um, and the other two reasons are because I have a couple of important announcements to make tonight. Um, but the other reason is because I I really just want to take a moment to thank the cabinet and Catherine. Uh, for the work they've done with me over the last six months. We have done an incredible amount of work and they are super secretive about just how much they helped me stay afloat over the past six months. There's just no way I could have done this job without these five people and, and others just keeping me going. Um, so I, I, I owe a great debt to you all, and I'm, I'm very thankful. We've had a wonderful partnership, and I am really going to miss you all, all of you. Um, so thank you. Um, it's a long report this month. Why? You, if you remember back in February, I think it was two paragraphs, and it just keeps, keeps getting longer and longer. And there's a reason for that. A lot of what's in this last report is documentation of everything that we've been doing together, what it's added up to. And frankly, I want to see, I want our creditors. I want the FICMAT folks. I want, I want them to see the good work we've done, uh, the documentation we have and the proof in our reports. And so I, I do hope you can take some time to read the report. This semester, we learned the extent of the previous fiscal mismanagement at the college. And we took exceptional steps and we took some ex exceptional shots in the process. Um, but I do believe the college is well on its way to a restored fiscal health. And this is a great college. It deserves better, frankly. Um, I think the board is doing the right thing. I think the board took some tough steps and I'm just proud to have played a small part uh, with the board. Attached to my report, you'll see a couple of other documents. One on enrollment. I don't need to say another word about enrollment. We all know the picture there and the work that's already begun uh, to turn it around. At the same time, there's several planning documents that show what your planning and budget committee have been doing, but also what your research office has been doing in terms of the redesign and scheduling of the reports 
and plans necessary for the college to really go forward methodically and as a large connected learning community into the future. Uh, and so I want to thank Dr. Warnall uh, for her help too, and, and really helping me, just as Catherine helped me organize that six-year policy and procedure calendar and get the college set on a track to, to follow that. So did Dr. Warnall do the same thing with planning, and, and I think the college is set up in good hands there. Um, there's a few administrative, uh, just interim changes. I want everybody to know I'm, I'm not even thinking about HR without talking to Charo and Dr. Powell practically in the same half hour. Um, we're not making any decisions independently of the next administration. Quite the opposite. We're making our decisions in partnership. And, and I have really appreciated, the, frankly, the partnership that Dr. Powell extended to me and to the cabinet. Uh, he's, he's a phenomenal listener, and, and I'm, I'm really impressed with who you've hired uh, to be your permanent president. Um, to help Dr. Powell get off to a start, I've asked Bob Harris to serve as the acting vice president of academic affairs through the month of July. This will give Dr. Powell a good, healthy running start and allow him to turn his attention to the board and focus on some of those early discussions uh, knowing academic affairs is in able hands. By appointing Bob now, uh, we give Bob the ability to partner with Dr. Parker and have a, have a smooth handoff there. Um, Oscar and I have asked Daniel Vega to step in as the, inter, um, the acting director of IT starting on July 1. Again, acting because it's short term, but it gives Dr. Powell that breathing room uh, with a, an administration in place so he can assess, work with his people, and doesn't have to pay too much attention to the HR matters behind it in his first month. Um, all, all decisions from there are his. Uh, I, I, of course, he knows exactly what we've, what we've recommended and has endorsed it. So uh, I feel confident of his support, and I feel confident that Bob Harris and Daniel Vega will do an excellent job for the college. We will interview next week for the Associate Vice President of Student Affairs position. Um, I'm really impressed with the committee that's working on that, and I hope to have recommend recommendations. Dr. Powell will sit in the second round interviews for that position. So while my name might be on a hire, it will be his decision. I can assure you of that. Uh, we would only go forward with his decision. My report concludes with uh, an update on the results we've achieved in, in progress toward the board goals that we outlined in January. Um, I think these are this is important documentation for the board uh, and for the college. It shows the focus that the board's uh, late, uh, placed on the college over the last six months, and I'm very proud of the results the board has uh, achieved. Thank you all very much. I don't know how I'm going to spend the last couple of weeks, but I sure hope we get a lot of time together because I'm going to miss you all. I appreciate it. <laughs> 
Thank you, Dr. Frost. Item 15.1, Standing Committee and Other Appointment Reports. DOS. Mr. Baldi, do we have anything? No meetings, no. Okay. Anything for VWT? Yes, just a quick update uh, on the Education Center as uh, the term pivot as funds have uh, starting to uh, shrink with what's going on in the world and building costs, et cetera, et cetera. I will move this over here. Uh, so the uh, sensory rooms are will be a little bit smaller. Tasting room, marketing center are are also shrinking a little bit. Functionality is is still there. Uh, we also, um, uh, and I'll leave it to my my colleague, Mr. Iverson, on on the generosity of of their outreach program, resulting in some help for the vineyard. Um, we did have representation at the mariachi festival and what a great idea that resulted in sales of $4,300 in wine, $4,350. And that goes right back to Mr. Reeves pockets, I believe. <laughs> yes. Yes. And uh, let's see. Um, we do have a new sales platform that allows us to ship legally to 40 States. And we've already shipped to Massachusetts and, and Washington state. So that outreach is going beyond the borders, beyond the district. Uh, let's see. We also have um, increase in wine clubs. So I, I believe that's a trustee requirement to join the Napa Valley College of Viticulture Winery Technology Wine Club. And uh, adult education group that uh, resulted, uh, that tasting resulted in $1,500 in sales, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, all helping the program. So. Uh, that is my report. Thank you. Okay. And we'll move, uh, skip over a few committee reports you just haven't met, I know, and, and move uh, directly to uh, a foundation report. Trustee Iverson. Um, the big, big news is Dariush has um, generously donated to redo our whole vineyard out there in the front, which is huge. Um also, the what Philip's doing in the VWT with the wine program and everything is pretty awesome. And I, no pressure, but I was the sixth member to join the wine club. So, no pressure. Six, six wine club member. We have a wine club membership out there. Uh, is there an interwinery discount? That's Raphael. That's... Uh, Yes, that's Raphael's uh, question. Yes. We're, uh, we'll skip accreditation since Trustee Delina is not here and move to uh, 15.2 feature agenda item um, requests. Catherine, can you post this? Just to, we don't have any on there. That's right. That's fine. It's fine. Um, I did, in terms of future agenda item requests, um, you know, things that are we are monitoring, maybe just some status reports too, is um, a DEI training component. I'd like to report out on that that um, the board at its um, uh, retreat next month 
in July, July 9, uh, we do have a, a large component of that dedicated to DEI training. Um, uh, a land acknowledgement is also on our future agenda item request. Uh, we received a proposal of language um, from uh, D, our DEI uh, committee. And so that's undergoing uh, further review and uh, input from uh, community. And let's see here. Oh, we're also developing to, I think, um, a, a training and, and orientation plan um, uh, directed for um, Dr. Powell when, when yeah, onboarding plan for Dr. Powell, which is, is a pretty dense document. I really appreciate um, your help on, on that, uh, Dr. Frost, and, and getting uh, uh, Dr. Powell up to speed as quickly as possible. So I really appreciate that. And it's a nice, nice little blueprint, I think, for all the board to look at, you know, uh, Dr. Powell's onboarding plan, what we're doing, and, and kind of actually setting goals for him moving forward, 30 days, 90 days, 180 days, and so on. Um, and just kind of little benchmarks that we're, we're looking for him to hit. Um, and that will be, we'll go over that uh, probably at our, at our retreat uh, next month. Sorry, Trustee Goff, uh, but we will share with you and you'll have, it'll, it'll be a working document that will be changing. I think all the time as you know, as uh, things develop on. And so with that, we'll move to 15.3 trustee uh, reports, uh, trustee Goff. All right. I will be happy to go first. So I want to start off tonight by acknowledging Oscar DeHaro. Thank you, Oscar, for your years of service and commitment. Uh, all of us would be lucky to leave a legacy such as yours. So thank you. I want to thank Dr. Frost for taking on the job of interim president. It feels like yesterday we were in this room alone uh, interviewing for some, but there was a big screen up there. Um, you have accomplished what the board has directed you to do, and it, and it is greatly appreciated. It is my hope that Dr. Powell will continue your work to benefit this institution. It will be up to the faculty, staff, and administrators to follow him as we continue the serious work that needs to be done based upon your report tonight and the FICMAC data. My hope is that our college leaders will pay attention to the facts and begin to rethink and recreate programs that will truly benefit our students. I'm not supposed to say this, but I'm going to anyway. I want to thank Dr. Parker for everything she's done. And once again, you're going to make me cry. It's terrible. You started it. You're in, you're in trouble. I can't sit next to you anymore. Um, once again, I would like to congratulate our graduates, and I would like to wish everyone a good start to this much-needed break. And that is my report tonight. Uh, Trustee Rios. Uh, yes, uh, thank you. So um, we've been talking about DI a lot. Um, I did attend the first in this series of um, the seminar that the CCLC uh, is putting has put on. Um, it was it was very interesting. I mean, there's a lot of plans for how it's going to develop in the next sessions. But one of the things from today that I realized in our discussions about DEI here and what we're trying to do for that, um, I realized that I, I've been having this issue about not really understanding where we were and whether we've made any progress or how we're going to measure that progress. Because a lot of the, um, the uh, other representatives that were trustees and there were some other, uh, you know, college um, VPs and that participated. And a lot of them were saying that they had a study where they knew how 
for example, racial discrimination was happening um, and other things that weren't so overt. They seem to have a study that, that I guess, quantified all of this. And so as they worked on this, they can measure the changes that are happening. And, and I don't really see that with what we've been doing. And I think that's a problem that I've been having trying to kind of understand that. And so I'm hoping that we could do something like that or, or have some kind of uh, baseline, you know, so that we can understand our progress um, as we move forward. Uh, so that's that report. The other, I just, like everybody else, I want to thank um, Oscar, of course, for his decades of uh, service and commitment to the college um, it's been, I've known Oscar for some time and, and this seeing him actually do his work has been a, a wonderful experience. Um, being able to tell the community what, what Oscar does and the things he's accomplished. Cause I actually get questions say, well, do you know Oscar? I say, well, yeah, I know Oscar. I've known him for a long time, but I also know Oscar now from the college and I'm able to, um, to actually explain to people how much he's done uh, for the community and not just, you know, that I knew him from growing up in, in St. Lena and his family members and, and all of that. So that's been wonderful to be able to do. And of course, Dr. Parker, thank you so much for your time here and what you've done. And of course, Dr. Frost um, coming in at such a difficult point and helping us through this. Um, I don't know if we can thank you enough. Just wish you all all the best in um, your future endeavors. I know Oscar's probably going to fish every day now that he's going to be off. Play golf. Yeah, of course. So thank you. Uh, thank you, Trustee Rios and Trustee Iverson. I Honestly, uh, but thank you, Dr. Frost, and for everything that you've done. It's been a tough six months. It seems like it's flown by, but I truly feel like we're in a better place and can't thank you enough for what you've done. Um, Oscar, you are an amazing individual. And from what I've heard about you and the community, not just at the college, um, you're just, you're a great man. And thank you for everything that you've done here for the college. Trustee Baldini. Oscar, I'll miss you and, and uh, you'll be missed. Um, I remember, and I know this is a board rule, we don't talk about what goes on in closed session, but when Dr. McCarthy was talking about you and describing you and, and uh, what a wonderful addition you would be to the college here, you've exceeded uh, whatever and everything he said about you. So thank you for your work and and uh, saying yes to his offer. So thank you. Dr. Parker, um, you'll also be missed and I'm sorry we didn't have a, a longer uh, tenure with you, but uh, uh, good luck. And, and I hear the silent typing of Catherine. Catherine, thank you. I, I know you. <laughs> Dr. Frost, uh, Toby, hope you're listening. Uh, yes. 
Thanks very much. It, um, no, that's not quite enough, but uh, um, I, I think I heard you told, tell some graduates, come on back. So come on back and chat with us or maybe visit one of the wineries or something. Yeah, yes, yeah. That, that sounds like a Toby trip too, so. I hear you, Raphael. All right, thank you. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Trustee Baldini. Um, I wanted to yeah, give a, a, I think a, a big shout out, um, one, to all the uh, student services team that did an incredible job and all of our volunteers for graduation. It, I just thought it was, it was a great venue. I thought it was just absolutely perfect. Weather was perfect. Um, it was just really great. Um, it was just so wonderful to do it in person and have everybody there. Um, and so, uh, Oscar, thank you for your team. Thank you to Martha. Thank you to Maria. I know there's various other uh, volunteers. ASMVC too was, was a big help out on that with the cupcakes. Hope you got one. I did. Um, Sorry. Um, and uh, also want to give a big shout out to the Enrollment Outreach Task Force. Um, I'm talking about productivity and coming together to get something done that's actually constructive instead of symbolic. I mean, that's what these, these folks did. I mean, they really met a call to action and put together an amazing plan to just go out there, grassroots. We're just going to call students and we're going to see bring them on back in. And they've done an incredible job. Dr. Parker, uh, Mr. Haro, uh, I know Holly, Holly Dawson, Dagmar, I think has been a real component of, of that. Chris Farmer, Christine Tapia, um, Robin Dark Angelo. I know there's a bunch of people, but it's just, that's what I'm talking about. Coming together and like, let's, let's do this. That's really constructive. Um, uh, you know, uh, Thinking about, you know, Raphael mentioned kind of, um, you know, DEI training. I wasn't able to participate in, in, in today's uh, session with the CCLC, which it looked like a great, uh, great program. But I did um, participate in the USC Racial Equity uh, Leadership Alliance that uh, Dr. Munsami circulated a couple links for. And I recommend there's, I think, 10 programs over the next year or so. I thought it was, it was very, you know, very constructive, too. Um, and this one actually was uh, speaking out about, you know, how to um, speak to uh, boards and, and, and trustees and governors. So that was, it's kind of interesting listening to that um, and participating as that as a, as a trustee. Um, but I thought it was, it was nice to hear it from that different angle and, and, and important um, for all of us to hear and kind of different strategies on how we can, you know, best communicate to trustees so we can know how to be receptive to that. Um, Dr. Frost, Thank you so much for everything uh, that you have done. It has been a thankless job um, where it hasn't gained you many friends at all, um, but you have put your likability, so to speak, um, uh, really in, in, in the back burner in terms of doing what's best for the college and doing what's best for the community, doing what's best for our students. And that's been your focus the entire time. It hasn't been a, you know, a, a like, you know, likability call you're about doing, um, uh, doing what is right. And the level of communication that you've had with the, with the board has been absolutely incredible. Um, and just something that we've never had before. And just your, the, the work ethic, uh, that you've shown, I know just communicating with me, but your emails to trustees, and I know you're reaching out to, um, unprompted to different trustees, just to, just to check in on a regular basis. 
is was it's it, it was just a, a wonderful thing to have and really I think motivated the board um too and I think it continues to motivate board and the board and also I think it sets a good stage of what we're going to expect from Dr. Powell and I know that you've reiterated that and I know for sure that he's going to exceed your expectations on that um so thank you and we wish you all the best and in, in your next next adventures um and you need to let us know what we can do to support you and then and, and and also um don't be a stranger as well um Oscar, that many uh, spoke to your amazing, incredible uh, public service uh, here in the community. I think that was evident by how you supported uh, to Dr. Frost, um, and which again you put your put uh, the college above everything else. Um, so um, thank you for that. Um, and uh, you know something, I think that we're, we're definitely going to miss you uh, sitting in that chair, but we know you're not too far away. I think that's all I have. And um, I have, uh, in terms of one announcement, we are going to be moving our July board meeting to a Wednesday to the day before, which is uh, Wednesday, July 13. We also have our board retreat, which is an open uh, public session, I believe, for most of it. And that is actually before that, that regular meeting date, which is uh, Saturday, July 9. So... For folks wanting to attend either of those, especially our constituency groups for that um, Wednesday meeting, um, Catherine and, and Dr. Frost, perhaps you guys can just give them a heads up. I think if they haven't been alerted that we're just moving it to the day earlier. And uh, upon adjourning, I do have one uh, legal readout, and that is pursuant to Government Code Section 54955, the Board of Trustees of Napa Valley Community College District will adjourn this regular meeting of June 9 to June 15 um, at uh, 4 p.m. at the same location for the purposes of discussing uh, possible action to adopt a resolution approving the execution and delivery of a ground lease agreement, a coordination agreement, and other documents relating to the student housing project upon financial close. Administration is directed to post an order and notice of adjournment and to cause an agenda for the adjourned regular meeting to be timely posted in compliance with the Brown Act. Um, if nothing else and seeing no other hands up and no other comments, we will uh, adjourn this meeting at 8.15 on the dot. Thank you. Oh, yeah, I didn't get that. Yeah. Boom. Thank you. Felt very uh, rewarding to end the meeting like that. All right.